As much as people depend on us as leaders, you need someone who believes in you. You need a place to be open and honest with someone who's walked in your shoes and wants to help you become the leader you are meant to be. This is that place with those kind of people. Welcome to the Relational Leader Podcast with your host, Randy Bazette. Each episode will sit down and engage in life-giving conversation, unpacking leadership's greatest challenges. And now, your host, Randy Bazette. I'm glad you've decided to check out the Relational Leader Podcast. Whether you're a lead pastor or just a volunteer leader or staff person in your church, we all go through so many things in ministry and we have to make so many decisions and deal with so many things that a lot of times we're unsure of what to do. So I wanted to have a place where we could sit together and have conversations about real topics, real things that we're dealing with, and could glean and grow and get some wisdom from those things. And I think if we do that, then we can all be better if we're learning through this together. So that's the heart of this podcast. I pray that you learn something today, that you grow and you become better in who you are as a person and as a leader. And I pray today that this podcast blesses you. Well, good morning to all of our listeners. Good afternoon. Maybe you're listening in the evening on the way home from work, but we're so glad that you joined us for another episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. My name is Kristen, and I am here with Randy. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great, man. I'm excited to uh, get together again with all of our listeners and just continue to talk church and uh, Ministry learn. and yeah, leadership I mean, that's, and that's what we're family. doing. Family, I don't know. What are we talking about today? You know, we could talk about a lot of different things, and uh, there's so much to learn. Uh, life is organic, isn't it? I mean, what I'm dealing with and struggling with today could be completely different than tomorrow. Kind of like parenting. Yeah. You notice that? <laughs> yes, Your kids, I have. I have a ten year old now. You, you do, you, and you figure out how to solve something with them, and you think, "Hey, I got it," and then something else emerges. Yep, and you're thinking. I don't know how to be a parent Yeah, what anymore. am I doing? And there's not like an exact book. You go in an appendix somewhere and you look up the problem and you go to page <laughs> 37. great? Man. You should write one of those. Oh, yeah, Amy right. Amy should write one of those. There, I like that way better. Yeah. But that's the way church leadership is, it isn't is. it? You, you get to one problem and you feel like you've solved it. And the next thing you know, you feel like, golly, I got a whole other issue I got to deal with now. That's true because the church is people and, you know. I got problems. <laughs> so I don't know. Can I we do, talk about that? We'll do a whole we podcast. Do a podcast. We made like four <laughs> podcasts on that. But it is true. It's always grown. But I know that you talk with pastors all the time. And, you know, you do get to celebrate a lot. But you do have these real conversations mm-hmm. and problems and things and challenges that they're facing. Right. And I know there's often some common things that come up. And that kind of leads us to what our topic is today. And and I really think this is this is going to be a real practical podcast. I think we're going to actually make this. We'll probably have to make this two podcasts. Cause yeah. This is, this is going to be some good stuff. But but what is that topic? There, there, so you were sharing with me that there's something that comes up over and over and over again. Um, and that's really what we want to dive in today. So what is that that you always are are chatting with pastors about and encouraging them in? You know, I think that the pastors, there's a regular theme that happens with pastors. And, the, and this theme that comes up is not uh, particular to a size of church mm-hmm. or to a particular leader. I think it transcends all of those things. So it doesn't matter where you are numerically, financially, 
years yeah, into this thing. Yeah, plant, church plant, or you've been going for 20 years or it, whatnot. It kind of is a common theme, and that is that, that all of us could use more resources to accomplish the vision. Mm. And when I say resources, uh, it's very common in the things that people are lacking regarding leaders and volunteers. No mm-hmm. doubt, we always need more more volunteers always. and leaders, right? And the other part is is money. Mm-hmm. It is the finances to to fund that vision. And all the time, I see pastors struggling with that. And so, what it the, the problem that it produces, yeah. Kristen, is it causes them to dream less than what they should dream, mm. or the dream that they had has diminished to the size of what they think they can accomplish with where they are. Mm. And and that's kind of, you know, it's sad. It is. And um, but it isn't really. I don't think it's what God would want. I don't think God is worried about our resources at our church. I don't think he's like, man, if I could just, you know, get enough people at that church or enough money. I think it's we're limited in and of ourselves. And so how can we solve all of that and how can we grow in all of that? But it is a major topic that talks about. Mm -hmm. I talk about it. I'm looking. I have the same problem. In other words, I'm not like here. I figured it out. Yeah, but you've been on this journey and, you know, I've had the pleasure of seeing and and being a part of Bayside and you on this journey as well. Mm -hmm. And I remember a couple, gosh, it was a little while ago where you were, you were kind of struggling with some of the resources that we had. It really was more in relation to like leaders and volunteers, Mm -hmm. but what the Lord showed you, I, I feel like was a spark for this journey that you've been on and how you've led the church and the things that the Lord has taught you in this area um, that we're talking about today. Can you share with our listeners what that what that was and what the Lord spoke to you? I think it's in those moments where we're frustrated that God has a chance to do his deepest work. And I'm like everyone else. I look at where other people are and I go, golly, man, if we had those leaders, mm. if we had that kind of money, if our worship department, if our kids department, if our whatever it is, well, man, it'd be great. Oh, and you you look and I don't know, jealousy is a pretty strong word, but it, at least there's a, an envy. Okay, mm-hmm. that's, I don't know that there's sin and envy, there's sin and covetousness, you know, and coveting. So maybe it's not that bad, but for me it was, okay. <laughs> but I don't know about for others. So we look at what other people have, and then so we go, if I had that, then my vision would be Would be, would be able accompli- to be greater, or I could do this. Yeah, and there's this chasm, and because I don't have that, then, well, I guess this is who we're going to be. And what I would say is that, um, well, first of all, we don't know what they, whoever they is, right? right. We don't know what they did to get to where they are. Mm-hmm. We don't know what trials and... And, and, and those don't show up on the Instagram feed. Never on the yeah. Instagram post. And so we don't know what they did to get there. P- perhaps they were at some point in time looking at someone else and going, if if I had that. Mm-hmm. And once again, they probably, even though they're in a place that we're envying what they have, there's things that they're envying of other people. We all have this vacancy, this void. Mm-hmm. And, and I was in that place because the church was just a, a few years old. And I couldn't take vacation. I, I didn't have anybody to cover the pulpit and to preach for me. And I just remember, like, man, I just wished I had some leaders. And 
And so God took me to Second Kings chapter four, the the where the widow had you know she became a widow and didn't have any money to pay all her debts and. The, the prophet says, well, look, uh, what, do you, what do you have in your house? And mm-hmm. she goes, right, all I have is yeah. just a little bit of oil. And uh, so she was discrediting what she did have. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, that's okay. Just take what you have and start pouring. Yep. And she did. We know the story. I'm yep. preaching to preachers here, okay? Yeah. But as she poured, the oil continued as long as there was a vessel that she poured into. And so here's what God told me. Yeah. He's like, Randy, you already have oil. You have an anointing. You have an equipping. You have an empowerment. You have vision. And even though it may not be as big as what you want it to be, you, it is adequate enough if you will just take what you have. This is all about stewardship, Kristen. Mm-hmm. If you take what you have and start using that and pouring that into vessels, empty vessels, now, uh, then as long as you do that, it will continue to multiply and God will do great things. And what that said to me was that, first of all, Randy, the oil's in the house. You have what you need. That's a good word right there. Like that in and of itself, just to pause for wherever churches are and pastors are, what they need is already in their house. And that's the revelation that I had to come to. Rather Mm. than abdicating myself of responsibility, Mm. I had to say the oil's in the house. Randy, your job is to pour into them. Now, here's the problem. Vessels come to us empty into our house. And not only the empty, but they got a lot of cracks in them. We got some major crackpots in this church. <laughs> I'm sure. If you're a church member listening, you are not a crackpot. It's your friend that's not listening. No. Yeah, yeah, right. It's not the people that are listening that are crackpots, right? But what you're right, though. We're all cracked up and oh, empty. I mean, I got my quirks and goofiness, yes, and we, we, we all, all have do. those. And so, but but the truth of the matter is, God usually sends us empty vessels mm-hmm. into our house. Mm-hmm. And our job is to take whatever we do have and pour that into others. So I decided I'm going to take the people that I have now and I'm going to start investing in them. I'm going to teach them how to communicate. I'm going to teach them how to host service. And And I worked with them and I poured the oil, what I had. Mm-hmm. I poured it into them and I started developing communicators. And uh, I mean, that's, we could do a whole lesson on, on how to do that. But yeah. the point simply is that I started pouring into what was already there. And then God continued to bring vessels. And then sometimes what I noticed is that God didn't bring me empty vessels. Sometimes he brought me full vessels. Mm. And it was because I was faithful with what I have, then he could trust me with bringing better. That's good. Well, then sometimes he brought me empty vessels and I poured everything I had into them and then they left and went somewhere else. (laughs) And that hurts as a pastor, right? We've all had that. And you just give your best to people. You're there with them in their darkest and most difficult moments. And you just love them. And you think they're going to be with me forever. And they leave and go somewhere else and stab you in the back on the way. Mm -hmm. And that does. That stinks. Mm -hmm. But the lesson in all of this simply is just pour into what you have. So quit looking at the void. Um, I I call it a resource void environment. Right? Quit looking at the resource void environment you have. Fill in the blank with whatever that is and uh saying mine it's never going to be where i want it to be and just start taking what you do have and pouring into it loving him empowering him teaching whatever you know give Mm -hmm. it to others it's so good and and that principle that you talk about that you're sharing about it it transcends more than just the resources of people but also resources in the sense of generosity and finances mm-hmm. as well um because as you were kind of starting off 
our conversation resources it, it's it is people but it is also finances mm-hmm. i think i've heard you say like go ye costs a lot of money <laughs> yeah, right well I, i'll give credit to joyce myers <laughs> joyce myers that's who, that's yeah, who it is she's the one that said that she said that go ye costs a lot of money and and man does it yeah. ever and so this this whole idea of needing the resources it is about leadership and developing leaders and volunteers but I do want to spend our time today talking about this idea of raising the generosity quotient in our church so that we have the resources that we need in order to accomplish mm-hmm. the vision. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and through a school of hard knocks and learning a lot and trying a lot of things and failing miserably and having moments with God, um, I feel like I've learned enough to where I want to take some time now and kind of share Share what i've learned that's what this is about Mm -hmm. i mean if you're listening we want you to feel like you're uh, sitting around this table that we're at right Mm now yeah um and just for you i mean like you said you haven't gotten it right the 18 years that we've been a church every time but 18 years we just just had an 18th birthday yeah this is our birthday month it is that we're recording this It, it it is it yeah. is, and we celebrate. We like to have fun, so yeah. we have birthday months around here. Yeah. <laughs> Just birthdays or birthday weeks. We have birthday months. Yes, indeed we do. But it is. But it's amazing to see all that God has done um, and the faithfulness of God through through the 18 years. doesn't mean that we as a church have always gotten it right. And a lot of times it's when we've gotten it wrong that we've learned the most. Right. But through this and in this area that we're talking about of increasing generosity, and really it's more than just increasing generosity. It's loving people well and pasturing people well. Um, But you've learned a handful of things that I think are very practical that for those that are listening – it's gonna it's gonna be some nuggets. Like if you're listening, you're gonna probably want to grab a pen or like re-listen to this mm-hmm. because it's some very so. practical things that can be applied. Like you said, whether your church is 50, whether it's 150, whether it's 500, 5,000, um, however old it's been. So why don't you share what some of those are uh, with us that you've learned? Yeah, I um, I think that this the desire behind this today is I want to share some heart mm-hmm. and give some some kind of heart is the fuel of why we do something absolutely and if if the heart is wrong like i could give you a lot of practical things and you can build a great system uh you could have a car that has a nice engine full of horsepower but no fuel it won't go anywhere right so the the fuel is the heart behind all of this and uh, i don't want to underestimate this at all but the reason why i'm sharing all this and the thrust behind all of it really is the heart to pastor and to invest in your church, to pour the oil, the vision that mm-hmm. God has given you into other people. And and if we do this, as the scripture says, mere talk leads to poverty, mm. but but work leads to profit. So we can't just talk about it. There's going to be some things that we have to go do. Mm-hmm. As you listen today, as mm-hmm. Kristen said, make some notes, jot down some things. Some of this will probably be, oh, I'm already doing this. I bet you there'll be some things in here that you'll be able to write down and go, man, I'm going to go implement this. For and sure. as we do this... I think it'll lead to, to profit in the sense of it'll lead to success. And so, um, you know, the, the first thing I think about when I was in this resource void environment mm-hmm. of funding our vision was I had to realize that we got to start measuring uh, to measure giving. And what, what do you mean by like, because people probably they know how much their giving is on a weekly basis. I would, of course. I would think. Of course. So what do you mean by measuring giving? I think that we measure income. We don't measure giving. 
Okay, explain that. And that's a big difference. It is. Because we, we measure everything in church. You know how many people are attending, mm-hmm. you know how many kids and salvations and baptisms and, you know, and all of those things tell you something about your church, where you are and where you can improve and grow at. So we measure income. Most churches, all churches do measure income. That's how you set budgets and decide what you're going to give and, you know, hire and all of those things. But that's not what I'm talking about mm-hmm. here. I'm talking about measuring giving. In other words, are people generous in your church? And is the generosity of the people in your church, is it growing? Is it increasing? Now, how would you know that unless you knew what people were giving? Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like looking at everybody in your database, in other words, to see what they're giving. But in general, is the generosity quotient of your church increasing? So how can you measure that? You got to start somewhere. So I tell people all the time, just create a baseline. And a baseline could be several things. The way we do it is every person in attendance, there's an offering every weekend. So take the offering, divide it by attendance, man, woman, and child. You can do however you want. The Mm -hmm. point is just create a baseline. And that tells you how much people are giving per weekend. And so is that increasing over the years and over the months, or is it staying the same? Now, early on, Mm -hmm. I thought Bayside, our generosity was growing. And it was because our income was growing. But it's just because the church was growing, so more people led to more income. But the generosity, people weren't becoming more and more generous just more people were coming. More people were coming and more people were giving. So how do you know if your church is really growing in generosity unless you're measuring giving? So it, it starts with that in dollars per person per week, or it could be dollars per adults per However week. However you want to do it doesn't matter as long as there's a clear baseline. Correct. And that's what you're going back mm-hmm. to. Okay. Now, all of this and measuring, it's not just measuring because it, you're measuring because you care about people, because we know the the biblical principle of giving and generosity mm-hmm. and the blessing that comes in people's lives. And, and, and so in that, um, w- remind us of the, the heart and the why behind why this is so important. Because, you know, sometimes measuring numbers, it can, we can forget why we do it. Mm-hmm. Same thing, why, you know, we don't track attendance and salvations just to post it on, you know, a magazine's top 100 list. Like, we do it because... Right. It's people and eternity. So why, why, is it, why is this important? I mean, I guess for me, Kristen, the why it's important. I can, I can answer for myself. And uh, it really is because of this moment that I had with God years ago when we were doing Portable mm-hmm. Church and we were trying to build our first building. And, and it was tough. It was some tough days. We were in a school. We were doing five services on a weekend in a school. Uh, two on Saturday night. I remember. I remember the Three days. on Sunday morning, and we didn't have any room for growth anywhere. So we bought some land, uh, you know, going to start a building project, and that was in 2008, and that's when the economy crashed. Yeah. We already had funding and everything. We had a groundbreaking service. Oh, I, I remember. And it was, you know, everybody was so excited. So and excited. then the economy tanked, so we lost our financing. Mm-hmm. The bank called and said, hey, don't have your money. Yeah. I almost quit. That was without a doubt. Up to that point in the life of our church, that was the worst day mm. of the church. And I was super discouraged. So we we retooled the building. We had to pare it down a little bit, uh, make it smaller. 
and then we were going to build it. But we still were lacking some of the money we needed for what's called FF&E, furniture, mm-hmm. fixture, fixtures and equipment, chairs and some sound and that kind of stuff. So we needed to raise some money. So we needed to take a miracle offering. We're in 2009. Yep. Okay. Florida economy was it was, it was bad a lot of places, but it was, it was really, really bad here. It was really and bad. we needed money. Otherwise, we, we're going to build a building and I have no chairs and no way to have church service in there. And we were going to take an offering. And I remember I had this conversation with God. And I was like, God, I can't ask them for money. Yeah. They're, they're unemployed. They're struggling. They're, they can't pay their own bills. And uh, so here was my moment with God that truly wrecked my world. Really was the, the impetus for all of this stuff that this, we're talking everything about. Everything that's coming from this. And it was, Randy, the reason why they're struggling is, is your fault. Well, it's heavy. Yeah. And uh, so John Maxwell's right. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason why people were struggling was not because of the housing market. It was not because of the stock market or the job market. It was truly because I wasn't pastoring them the right way. Mm. I was afraid to talk about money. I was afraid to ask for money. I was, you know, I didn't want to ask for it anyway. And then with this economy, I was like, God, I can't do that. And he was like, Randy, the reason why people are struggling is not because of the housing market, the job market, the stock market, or any other market. Mm-hmm. It's because you're not teaching them the Word of God. And he brought me to Hosea, mm-hmm. the scripture that says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And because I wanted people to like me, and I didn't want people to think all I wanted was their money, I was afraid of talking about that and asking them for money. So because I never taught on it, and I don't mean like teaching them to give, I mean giving them the tools that they need to steward their finances well, so they can, you know, not live according to the markets, but according to God's word. And I was afraid of that, so I didn't teach on it. Yeah. And people didn't have the knowledge, so they were destroyed. It means to come undone, the, the word means, the destroyed. And so uh, I just had to take responsibility that, for that. And so I made a decision at that moment. I said, God, I'm, I'm sorry. I repented. I said, God, you're right. I'm afraid to do that. And it's the number one cause of divorce and family tensions and all that stuff. And, and I'm not giving them the tools they need. So I repented. I stood in front of the church that very weekend, mm-hmm. and I apologized to them. And I said, guys, I'm sorry. I made them. As your pastor, I've been terrible at teaching you the whole word of God. I haven't been teaching on money and in stewardship and generosity and all of those things. From today forward, everything changes. I will pastor you in a different way. Mm-hmm. And that really changed everything Mm -hmm. that's when i started measuring giving Mm -hmm. Uh, i started taking responsibility for teaching them how to be generous which begins with stewardship Mm -hmm. and through all of those things the generosity quotient in our church is way more than doubled Mm -hmm. you did something really special that weekend Mm -hmm. Uh, i think it was that weekend where because the economy was what it was and there were so many people without jobs yeah um, you called people to the front, didn't I you? I did. I did. I actually did. I, I remember that. Actually, in my mind, I can go there right now. So I preached on stewardship. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm doing them. Today ends a new day. And I started teaching them on how to manage their money and what they had. Yeah, it and, wasn't just you should tithe. Oh, I mean, no. You, you shepherded. You taught. You pastored. But giving is the best indicator of someone's heart, mm-hmm. where they spend their money. Mm-hmm. So it. If they're not giving to God, then you, you know that he doesn't have their heart. Sure. So it begins with that, but that is not the whole counsel. Right. It's also stewardship. And so at the end of that teaching, I told them, if you're here and you're unemployed, not if you have a job and you don't like it, you know, but, 
because a lot of people we didn't need everybody to come up front because <laughs> some people are like i'm i'm working and i don't like my job no no just be thankful yeah right exactly in those yeah. days right be thankful so i called them down to the front and i was amazed Kristen, the the amount of people that came down it was it was heartbreaking and i prayed for them i said god i pray that you open up doors and first i asked them if they would honor god first i said you have to make a commitment that when you get a job and you get paid the first 10 percent goes to god mm. and if you don't then why would he open up a door for right. you so i made them all commit to that i didn't make them i asked them i right. said if you want me to pray for you and for god to work then you get you have to mm -hmm. am i willing to do that and they, they did they said yes i'm going to honor god first so then i prayed for them and i told them what god's going to do is not just give you a job but you're gonna have multiple offers and you're gonna have to figure out god which one do you want me to take and that's exactly what happened here's what was cool that people who needed to hire somebody they came down in the auditorium to to the to the uh platform and like we are trying to hire somebody and that's all of a so, sudden that's so cool all this networking started happening wow. and and honestly uh it was it was amazing really what god did but it's all because i made a decision that I'm going to take ownership of this. Mm -hmm. So really the, the idea behind this is I have to start teaching the word of God mm -hmm. in regards to finances. Mm -hmm. I, I can't skirt around it and it cannot be a, a thing that I'm trying to manipulate people to give. No, that's... In fact, if today, if you listen to this podcast or whenever you listen to it and you go, wow, I got some ways to raise money for the church now. Let it never be said that I was teaching you how to raise money mm -mm. because it has to be not what I can get from people, but what I can give to people. I love that. And, and if you give to them the word of God, well, I mean, it's going to help them. And then the church never will returns be funded. Void. No, it, it doesn't. In their life. It, it doesn't. But don't, don't use this as a, as a scheme. No, this isn't a capital campaign. Oh, uh, I just three threw up in my mouth, a, yeah, Kristen. No, it no it's about that. people. It's it about is. helping people live in all the fullness that God has for their life. Yeah. And that's what I was not pastoring people well. So what I'm talking about today is pastoring people well. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about fundraising. And so how to talk talk to us practically you you did some strategic things to make sure that when God spoke this to you and you really had this revelation and you shared this with people that you wouldn't forget it. And there were some intentional things that you've put in place, and we still do t to this day. And that was how many years ago? That was in 2009. 2000, well, right now, that would have been 11 years 11 ago. 11 years ago. 11 years ago? Oh, my gosh. Time sure flies. Oh, 11 <laughs> years ago. But we still do some of these things, mm -hmm. all of these things that we put into place. So what are some of those practical things that helped you make this a priority um, in, in teaching people the fullness of God's word. Well, I, I said a second ago, you got to teach God's word. So I really teach on, on giving, you know, a couple of times a year where it's just like, I'm really just teaching them about the importance of that and honoring God and putting him first. We as pastors, we all know that, but mm -hmm. I have to teach them the whole word of God. So I, I do that. Uh, I think a, a financial series every year, mm -hmm. every year and a half, just teaching people, uh, if they All heard it the one whole, the wholeness, tithe and generosity and stewardship and budgeting and all of that. All of those things. There was one year we took the entire church through FPU. Yeah, that was a that was a that was a big commitment. That was a but huge. But it yielded incredible. We didn't do anything. No, except, it's, we shut down 
groups, all of our groups turned into FBU groups. That's all we did. No other extra events, nope. nothing. Our entire church went through it. Indeed, mm-hmm. because they they need that. So there are things like that that as a pastor that you have to take responsibility for. And that's what we've done is to to preach the word of God and get, get the word in people all the time. Uh, also, every week during our host yeah like kind of our welcome mm-hmm. i don't know you might call it something different at your church but we yeah. all everybody has that moment where somebody gets up and welcomes and encourages and yeah. exhorts a little and shares maybe some announcements but right we've changed that and mm-hmm. what is in that yeah we we have we totally changed that and what we've done is we've decided to take that and as a is an act of not just welcoming people but to teach people on giving i mean every church takes an offering in some way Sure. Uh, we we believe that giving is an act of worship. Mm-hmm. So we do it during worship time. You can do it however you want to, and, and so that's fine. However, the point is you do take an offering or you tell people to give it the boxes, however you do sure. it. Uh, when they're living, or leaving or they're days, man, or, <laughs> right, I was going to say that yeah. they're, they're giving online. Yep. But it's still something you emphasize in your church. So yep. we decided to take, rather than just, taking an offering let's take five minutes and let's use that to teach people on generosity and teach people on giving now uh i, I want to take a moment if i can and kind of i've seen people take offerings and and honestly <laughs> it's it's awful i'm looking at your face right now <laughs> it's it's awful it's not inspiring it's not clear mm. it's not tied to eternity it just it doesn't make it misses it misses it so there's really three ways that you can take an offering mm-hmm. in other words you can teach them a biblical principle mm-hmm. like use a scripture like he who refreshes others is himself refreshed sure and, okay and so uh maybe some of you are struggling today financially and the bible says that when we give to others that it comes back to us and you yourself will be refreshed and so as we give today why don't you as you give give knowing that you're just creating an opportunity for God to to multiply it and, and to come back to you. So people might say those things, but and, and that's one way to do it. But at the end of it, they never give people a call to action. Mm. If if you stir people by which that's what preaching is. Right. It motivates people. Absolutely. But you never give them a practical way to do it. You will unnecessarily frustrate people. In other words, what if I what if I taught on evangelism all the time? I just taught on it and taught on it and taught and never told them, hey, you know, invite your friends. So they would be spiritually obese is what they would be. Mm. They would have all this knowledge, but no practical way to go do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. What if I told them all the time, invite your friends, invite your friends, invite your friends, but I never taught them the reason why? Well, they, would, they wouldn't be motivated to go do it. Absolutely. So it has to be a both and. So share scripture. And then at the end of it goes, so let's give today. Mm-hmm. So now you're calling them to give. So as we give, God can use that to refresh our lives as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a call to action. So you don't just leave people hanging. Right. That's one way. The second way that you can do it is with a changed life story. People need to realize that the souls that are being saved, the lives that are being changed, the things that you're doing in life, the people that are coming to the church and lives are forever being changed, that they're giving is a part of that. Yes. You have to teach people that what they're doing is not... They're not giving to a church. They're yes. giving through yes. a church. And most people don't don't get that. So somebody got saved last weekend or baptized or mm-hmm. a marriage was healed or someone was delivered or whatever it is. 
And you tell people, the reason why we give is because we're impacting people for eternity. So let's give, call to action. Today. Let's Let's give give today, today. right now. And as we give, so we can see more lives change. And when we get to heaven, there'll be a big party. Mm -hmm. Okay, then there's a third way. Your church should be giving to missions. So you have missions partners and things you're doing around the world. So tie it into that. So they realize how their dollars are impacting people around the world. We're a part of ARC, the Association of Related Churches. We've planted a thousand churches all across America, you know, since we started the ARC. So uh, last weekend, we planted 30 churches all across America. Last weekend, in the middle of COVID. In the middle of COVID, ARC planted 30 churches. Okay, so what a great weekend. You stand up for new church. Last weekend, church, or this weekend, it doesn't matter when you do it. We're planting 30 churches across America, mm-hmm. and your giving is a part of that. So one day you're going to get to heaven, and all those people mm-hmm. that got saved, it's because of your giving. Yep. Okay, so let's continue to give. Let's do that today so we can plant more churches, and so there can be a party when you get to heaven. So you're teaching them the Word of God. Yep. You're giving them a call to action, and, and I just gave you three different ways you can do that. And, and so we do that every week in our church, and we've been doing that since 2009. We have. Yeah. We have. And, you know, one of the things that I think is probably goes without saying, but maybe we should say it anyway. You know, everything that you're sharing and that we're teaching our church, we're also make sure we're, we are also making sure that we are doing it mm-hmm. as a church. Yeah. And individually as well. But as I mean, oh we gotta we gotta practice what we (laughs) preach like (laughs) yeah i mean i know it goes without saying but i feel like sometimes you gotta just say it well you do you do have to i'm you know i'm surprised that in america how many people families live without a budget we Mm -hmm. all go like wow that's that's crazy i can't believe that i'm also church through fpu and you'll learn yeah Yeah, right you will learn Mm -hmm. i'm also surprised at how many pastors aren't living by the very principles leading their church that they want people to do and leading their personal finances. And so for us, I think that we should be the example. You have to model for them what you really want. And uh, so as a church, you need to be a giver. We give 10%. Yeah, we, we always have. Since the very, very beginning of church, huh? Yeah, we raised money to start the church 18 years ago. And the first check we write, we didn't buy sound equipment or secure a place or marketing or anything. It would have been easy to do that. Man, boy, we needed it too. (laughs) And the money that church planners are raising now compared to when I did it. Oh, I mean, yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Different, different podcast. I mean, yeah, different, different topic. But uh, the first check we wrote was not for us. Mm -mm. It was for missions. And we do that every weekend, every Monday, the offerings, the tithes and offerings are counted. And, um. Yeah, the first thing we do is write to check the missions, first 10%. So you, you have to model for them yep. what, you're, what you're wanting to do. Your church better be on a budget. Of course, you know, most people, I would assume. I, I, I am assuming, yes. But, okay, you, you've got kind of a formula mm-hmm. that you... Yeah, I mean, these are just bit. guidelines. They're loose guidelines. They're, they're guidelines, and I think that it, it keeps us guardrails. Guard, that's, a, that's a great, yes, keeps us from... Falling off the edge of the cliff. Too far one way or the yeah. other. And they're only guidelines. They're, they're not like it's hard not Bible. and fast. But uh, I think that we probably shouldn't spend more than uh, than 30% on debt. Uh, in other words, if you have too much debt in buildings, then uh, you can't do ministry because you're so busy paying the mortgage. Mm-hmm. Now, there have been times when our debt was way over 30%, like the first building we moved into. I mean, 
when you were sharing about. So it's a guardrail, and, mm-hmm. and sometimes maybe you have to lean a little more. But then, but you're salaries, riding on the bumps sometimes. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need that lane. What is that? I don't know. What, what is that called? called? Like a, a, a not a bumper. It's not a bumper. No, but you you know it vibrates yeah, your like, seat when you get out of yeah, the. Yeah, it's like yeah. you know if you're on a road trip and your kids are sleeping in the back and you hit one of those. <laughs> where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Yeah, exactly. You're riding on one of those. So that's all these. Yeah, right. Yeah. Everybody wakes up. Oh man. So uh, the debt is is thirty percent. I think it keeps you from spending too much on buildings. Forty percent on salaries. Just okay. once again. Uh, so guardrails. You, guardrails. Just guidelines. That's all. And then ten percent missions, ten percent savings, ten percent ministry. And uh, you know, those are just real practical things that I think we could implement in our church. Uh, most important though is begin with giving. Giving. Tithe. Yeah. yeah. Tithing as a church. I think you should. Absolutely. One hundred percent. You know, one of the one of the things that I've seen you do and I've seen come from just everything that you're sharing in your heart of this is not about what can we get from people, but what can we give to people? Mm-hmm. And that's that's your heart. It always has been. And in this area of generosity and pastoring and shepherding, it it what I saw you do was break people up into kind of three different groups. One is not better than the other, but it's just three different groups so that you can give to them the best possible. So you can pastor them well, because the way that you pastor and care for one group is a little bit different than the way you pastor and care for a third group. And these three groups might be very practical if, if pastors that are listening haven't yet done this. It might help them remember the why and pastor these people in you know their church intentionally so can you share kind of what led you to that and what those three different groups are and how it's helped you know people are different and they have different needs and so you have to yeah exactly so uh what i found is just looking in the church that people kind of fall into three different categories as you're saying there's the people that have surplus and uh you know you could call them high capacity givers they have surplus these are the people that are you know, philanthropists and, you know, they, they've got, you know, businesses and their life funded and retirement. And they're looking at where, where can they leave their legacy? They want to leave a legacy. Yeah, they want, what's their life going to outlive? Mm-hmm. How's it going to outlive them? Yeah. And so there's a certain way that you have to pastor them. Uh, I want to talk about that uh, a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, maybe in our next episode. Yeah, maybe even. we'll do like a part two and yeah, let's focus do, on that. Okay. Let's do a part two and, and talk about that. So I'll kind of leave that for 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 the next episode then you have a group of people i call steady these are the you know middle income kind of kind of people and they have certain needs and certain things that you Mm -hmm. have to help them with and uh that's where you know just practical budgeting and fpu groups and things like that can can really help them we've done things like one day financial seminars and just kind of just come in we want to teach you how to you know plan for retirement or all of those kinds of things and uh, the goal for us always is to get people in a group. Yes. You know, for us, we feel like that's where change really happens when yep. you get in relationships with Stay other connected people. connected with other so people. So we'll use that to cast the net, mm-hmm. and then they get in a group, and mm-hmm. they learn with other people, and that mm-hmm. that really helps them. So um, that's some things we've done, done for them. Mm-hmm. And then the last group is those people that I would call struggling. Mm-hmm. These are the people that are just in a bad season in life. or And people can jump around in these sure, categories. Sure, because a difficult circumstance comes your way. You lose a job, whatnot, mm-hmm. might move you from one category to the other. Mm-hmm. But 
Your and for us, changed. we yeah. want to help them with benevolence. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you obviously you have to do that. But I never want to just give people the fish. I want to teach them how to fish. So we will help them in their area of need. And we, we usually never pay the full amount. Let's say if they, they have $500 they need for their rent, then we'll do a portion of that. So they have to have faith too. And it gives them a chance to exercise their faith. Yeah. And then we will do that, but they have to uh, sit down with our finances, uh, with like their a finances. Ca- like a mm-hmm. count- counselor we'll, is the wrong word, but but a advisor, coach, coach kind a coach. of. A- yeah, and and we'll look at their finances, give them a plan on what they can do and how to decrease their spending Help or increase budget. their their income budgets, those kinds of mm-hmm. things, uh, and then make them get an FPU group mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, because we have those going all the time. All the, all the time. Yeah. yeah, and and people need that so that yeah. we're not just giving them the fish and paying yeah. the bill. We're we're teaching them how to fish. So. Those kind of really are the three categories of, of people, really. And uh, and it really helps them that the practical thing. So you can preach on the weekends, but you got to practically help mm-hmm. them on a day-to-day basis. That's so good, Pastor Randy. And I know that this is just really the tip of the iceberg in this conversation. And there's so much more to dive into. And as a matter of fact, I think let's turn this into a a two-part episode. And so um, for those of you that are listening today, you're not going to want to miss out on part two of this. And we're really going to dive into these three different groups and how to pastor people well, because ultimately that is what it is all about. That is the most important thing. So we just want to thank you again for joining us for this episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. And we can't wait to be with you on the next episode as we continue this conversation with Pastor Randy and we begin to talk about how do we pastor these groups of people well. We will see you again next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. For more resources, visit randybazette.com.